community. Inspire Radio. Welcome back, listeners. 9-11 here on a wet Sunday morning, but don't let that hinder you. Inspire Radio here, talking sport with Horatio. Now, we're going to move on to our next segment, which is called Coach's Corner. It's one of my favourite ones where we chat all things coaching. Remembering coaching plays a huge role in development and enjoyment of participants in sport at all levels. Our special guest this morning is Jack Eads. Now, since arriving in Australia back in 2003, yep, he's a foreigner, he's a pom. As an ex-professional footballer from England, Jack is now the owner and founder of a company called Believe Academy. Jack holds many different uh, football coaching uh, accreditations, current FFA advanced coach educator, as well as a B license in coaching. Um, He's now coached for over 10 years from participation to community all the way through to high performance. Welcome to the show, Jack. Thank you, Horacio. That was a good introduction. Good morning. (laughs) Well, it wanted to be a good introduction. You wrote it, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it was more or less accurate. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and how are you, mate, on a on a on a down in the southwest? Is it as wet as it is up here? Well, funnily enough, I'm not in the southwest. Um, I'm living in I live in Dunsborough at the moment, but me and my wife are up in uh, Perth for the uh, weekend. Okay. Um, just having a, a relaxing weekend away, celebrating the back end of my birthday, which is on Friday. It so. is, and you're 21, I believe. Yeah, still 21. 29, 29. Geez, you're nearly an adult. Well, I've got one more year left of my 30s, and then everyone says it sort of goes downhill from there. Um, (laughs) Well, when you get to my age, mate, (laughs) we'll start talking then. (laughs) I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but everyone that I say that I'm 29 go, God, 29, I thought you were older. So I don't know if that's a good thing or not. (laughs) Does that mean you're getting a bit of grey hair in the old... And the old barnet the beard, there? Or? Yeah, if I, don't, if I don't trim the, the beard, then, yeah, I've got a little bit in there. A bit like you. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can't hide my age, mate, so it is what it is. No, um, no, no, all good. <laughs> okay, so uh, coaching. So, um, you know, obviously you, you moved to Australia as an ex-professional footballer, and now, now your you're thing's coaching. Why, why coaching? I think um, when... When I originally came out of professional sports, so that was back in 2000 and end of 2012, so 22, and obviously still feel like there's a huge part of you that has to stay in the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming to Australia, that just obviously wasn't a practical option for various reasons. Um, so I finished a contract with Cambridge United in England, 22, could have possibly stayed in England and done a non-league circuit trying to get a contract here or a contract there and then potentially ended up um you know a comfortable career um at a very modest level but Mm -hmm. i think when i chose to come over here the the option then was obviously the best route back into full-time football is through coaching so that's where the the sort of the decision was and then i guess like with anything um at an early age I was okay at it. I was good. I could engage people. I was excited about organizing things mm-hmm. and excited about getting involved in coaching. So you just sort of take a lead from from where you're at and how, how good or how much success you feel you're getting at a young age. So then just followed it on from there, really. And I must say, in Australia, it's been that's been where the majority of my journey's been. But it's been a really, really good sort of pathway and journey and career in coaching. There are loads of different things, as you mentioned, participation through to high performance and mm-hmm. probably still do little bits of that now, which is exciting. So, yeah, I think coaching just to stay in the sport and to stay in, stay in full-time football, really. Yeah, and I, I, can, I can sort of um, 
understand that. I, I know myself. There's a there's a point where the the dream ends, where you you know you you in cricket you have this dream of wearing a baggy green cap, and you know there's a point you realise you're probably not good enough, and it's not going to really happen. But you still want to try to be part of the game and 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 push as high as you can. So coaching yeah. was was an, a pathway I took myself, and lucky enough to do some high performance stuff there and work. All over the world, really, and that's that's been a great thing. And I guess football's given you that opportunity, not only to you know be professional in England, but to come out to Australia and continue your your journey and your love. Yeah, I think I think you're right as well. Mentioned there about travel, um, it gives you that opportunity to just travel the world. I mean, it brought me here. Um, it's now brought me all across this state and and all the way down in the southwest um, and traveling all across that region. So. That's one of the positives that, that it's taken me across the other side of the world, which I wouldn't have done without football. Mm-hmm. And the other thing now is I can then give that back to the children that we coach, um, you know, so whether that's taking them back on tour to, to the UK or over to Europe, which I've done four or five times now. Um, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's a sort of perfect way to, to see the world and see the world through, through sport, if that makes sense, through a different set of eyes than what they might do if they went with parents or what they might do if they went with school. Yep. Um, so yeah, traveling is really a really good thing for for people that are thinking about maybe getting involved in sport, whether it's just a, a weekend away with a group of under 12s to Perth or down to Albany or over east. Mm-hmm. Those things are amazing as well. So, Now they are definitely. And um, hopefully we'll be able to do a bit of that. Well, be able to spread our wings a little bit more. A little bit more, yeah. Um, over yeah. the next month and year, I guess. Um, you know, we can all cross our fingers and toes and hope that uh, we bounce out of this COVID period in our lives. It's uh, going to be, you know, a big part of our lives moving forward, no matter what, whether it's a, a past thing that we remember or it continues to sort of linger. We don't, well, I don't know. I don't know if you know, Jack, but I don't. So No, 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 no. I've got no idea. I mean, it was never on the coaching courses to deliver um, <laughs> sessions through screens, which I did an awful lot of when it first broke out. Yeah. Um, but look, yeah, you roll with it. And like you say, see whether it's just a part of what we have to deal with. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, mate, for sure. Yep, let's hope. Now, with with your coaching, um, like I know personally, one of the reasons I probably moved into coaching, other than the, I guess that want to sort of see where you can go with it, was I had some great coaches myself. I was inspired. I was mentored by some good coaches as a young person, and I probably realise that more now than I did at the time. Did you? Yeah. Is that something that got you into coaching as well? Were there people that? You know, you you were lucky enough to be associated with, and they mentored you through, and thought, you know what, I, I want to be this person. You know. Yeah, I mean, firstly, I was definitely lucky with coaches as a young as a young player. So at eight years old, I was signed to Derby County Academy. My coach was Roger Davis, um, who was ex Derby County player. Played when they played in Champions League in Europe. Scored goals against Juventus. So a legend. Um, my my head of head of the academy was a guy called Dean Rastrick, who's now the technical director at Tottenham. Um, went on to Nottingham, play for Nottingham Forest. My coach at under 12s was Chris Fairclough, who played for Nottingham Forest. Dave Regis, who was Cyril Regis's brother. Um, the academy director there is Nick Marshall, who's now uh, high, head of performance at, at Liverpool. So, yeah, like so, so lucky and so blessed. And the older I get and the more further away I get from those junior years, the more I look back and think, wow, like, at the time, you just think that's that's the way it is. Everyone yep. has coaches that have played professional sport, but not not out here. Mm-hmm. So certainly, I was lucky. Um, and I think, yeah, you're just trying to fill that gap for other other young other young people that are now in being coming into the sport. You're trying to give them similar to what you had, which 
I've definitely done by picking up from all the coaches. I've had the best bits out of them and I'm putting them into my way of coaching and my style, the bits that suit me and the bit, leave out the bits that don't, which is what mm-hmm. I would say to any coaches yeah. that are listening. Is no, definitely. Like the best, the best coaches are the best thieves. I think Guardiola <laughs> said that. And it, it, he's right in that don't just copy for the sake of copying, but whether it's a mannerism or a behavior or a, a style or a, anything, a handshake, anything, if you think it's going to make your the kid's experience better or make it better for you, then adapt it and take it on board because the session plans that I've looked at now online, I don't think you can come up with new ones anymore unless you start going really outside the box and losing track of what it's all about. So yep. everything's been done at some point, you know, whether you, someone's done it really well or to the best of their ability. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's, that's an important thing is, is having good role models in coaching and using that, then, which is what I do now, to, to help it with me. Definitely. So, so with that, there, um, your your coaching philosophy has probably changed over time, and I know mine has. Um, there's a point where, um, I guess you 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 gung ho and you get out there and you're sort of starting on your journey and you think you're the font of all knowledge and you're the one who's got to lead the way mm. and you're the one who's got to, you know, it's all about not necessarily all about you, but it probably feels that way a little bit. And then as you get older and more experienced, you realise that you know actually. You know, the, the the more of a backseat you can take here, the better it's going to be. So, has your philosophy changed over time? Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because anyone who says, well, say anyone, most people that I've been on coaching courses with, and then I've watched coach coach immediately after, including myself, are basically trying to prove to everyone that they've done a coaching course. Mm-hmm. That was me. Did my C license two thousand and thirteen. Came back down to the southwest, and the way that I regurgitated information in a robotic like way just to let parents kids know that I knew something a little bit more than I did last week was would be cringy if I watched it back but that's what people do and that's that's part of building your confidence mm-hmm. um but I would say more more people do that than what they what they realize um and I think through that you you, you probably then learn to just at times be silent at times say nothing at times the, the best coaching in the world happens if you just leave it to the kids yeah um let them problem solve but it's a funny one because some of that isn't discussed on coaching courses and not at all you know, as i went on to do my advanced coach educators license it's probably not enough time spent when we're talking to coaches about just letting the kids solve things letting a little bit of chaos unfold yeah then discussing it, then just having a you know two three minutes to chat. It's, there's a, there is a tendency to let's get the ball rolling as much as possible. Let's keep the ball rolling literally. Mm-hmm. But I think you can lose little moments to just say, look, I'm going to get the kids in and we're just going to explore some ideas there. How did they feel? What problems did they feel they had? Yep. And to parents that are watching, they might be thinking, why is he talking again? Why is he talk- why is he stopped it again? So you have to have that confidence that you know you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and not coach for perception, which which is probably what the point I'm trying to get to is coach coach for what you think is right and coach what you think the children need at that time rather than give off the perception that you're going to give out loads of information tonight so people still think you're a good coach at the end of it. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, um, we can only take in so much information. And if you're coaching junior players, remember that their ability to soak up information um, is even less because they don't have the the capacity to, to process a lot of that information. So, you know, one, one or two points is probably enough. And and like you said, let yeah. them problem solve, let them play. And remembering that if you watch a junior game of any sport, whatever it is, um, it is chaotic. It is messy. 
So th- that should be their training environment. If, if your training environment's too sterile and too perfect, they're probably not learning very much, are they, really? No, and, and then you, you lose the point of, I guess, what they've come to, to do is, yes, to learn, but it's just also to play the game. You know, there yep. we say to our, our children that uh, at Believe Academy, we're on your journey. You're not coming on our football journey. Um, there is not one pathway in your, your journey. But if you come into us at the time, for however long you're with us, let us come on your journey with you. Um, and and that will look chaotic. It will look like you're doing lots of talking at times and it will look like you're really silent. It will look like a whole range of different moments. And we just try and pick it down to say, well, let's pick one non-technical moment and one technical moment um, per session to see where we can explore that because there's millions of things you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you must be patient to just go, well, we can't solve everything today. No. And I think if you try and do everything like you said, you just you just lose them and you don't actually – you scratch the surface of 10 things, but you don't really dig into anything. So yep. I think there's more, more merit in trying to dig real deep into a couple of things rather than – just show that you've covered everything, which which probably doesn't help. Definitely, and I think you've really hit on hit on something there. And this is for our coaches out there that are, um, you know, just starting on their own coaching journey. And it is scary. There's no doubt. I mean, it was a long time ago when I had my first ever coaching session, I guess. But um, it is nervous. It is scary. You're thinking that you know that you're holding a, a bit of glass that you're going to drop and break. Well, you know. The, the big bit of advice is you won't. You won't break anything. So don't be afraid to get out there and, and, and give it a go. But, um, yeah, it, it, they are on a journey. The players are on a journey and you're on a journey as well. So what you're intending to do is just pass them on to their next stage, having picked up one or two little things. And if, if they've got better at two things throughout the whole season, you've actually done your job as a coach. Don't you agree? Yeah, I think I think I'll give coaches people people that may listen or may pick up any snippets from this. When I first started coaching 10 years ago, my biggest fear in a session was what if a kid doesn't turn up? So I've planned for 12. So I have this little thing with three, three, <laughs> yep. four lines of three. And then at the end of the 66, and if one kid doesn't turn up, what am I going to do? Yep. I can't play a 5v6 because that's wrong and it's odd numbers. <laughs> and I can't have a one line with just two. And that used to just panic me. And, that, and now you just look back and you laugh as you rightly are. And as I rightly do, but everyone's on their own journey yep. you know so there's no there's no nothing that's stupid that you might be worried about there's nothing that you can't figure out but like you said nothing's going to get broken and one of the things i always do and i've tried uh, millions of, of, of things that don't work just go back to a game just strip it right back to basics mm-hmm. uh, back to its purest form have a goal at each end and just let them play yep and then just figure out in two or three minutes while they're playing what it is that didn't work? Was the pitch too big? Was the pitch too small? Did you not explain it right? Do you need to give them something on a whiteboard? Do you need to get them to play it for a little bit longer? Yep. How long? Have you, but just go back. Just always have a pitch ready to go. Right, lads, just 5v5 play. Yep. And just take time out, step up, and just go, right, okay, what wasn't working there? Yep. Bit of advice there for you. You just hit the nail on the head there with a great bit of advice there is the best laid plans may not work. And there's plenty, and this would be the top level coach. This would be internationals. This would be Premier League football coaches down to the under 10s coach at Dunsborough Soccer Club or Dunsborough FC or whatever they're called, mate, down there. But um, you know what? Your sessions are going to go wrong. You're going to get it totally wrong. You're going to think on paper, this looks fantastic. The first three minutes you're going, oh boy. This, this isn't yeah. working at all. And I know and I've coached for years and you've coached for years and 
we still do it and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just acknowledging that it's not going right and moving on. And like you said, if you just revert back to, hey, can we just play a game somehow? Look, at the end of the day, that's yeah. what they want to do. Of course. And they they don't want things for sure. Um, they definitely do the older you get, but less so. Um, younger they are. They don't see the infections. They, they don't even see them as that. They don't see the half the time, why has one team got one extra player? Why is they don't they don't won't even spot it if you point it out to them. So don't like that. They may see something that you've seen. Um, mm-hmm. if they don't bring it up, chances are they're okay and they're happy and they're learning and they're playing. Don't like say don't put too much pressure Yep. You might have to take one step to the right or the left there, mate. With my signal. Yep. Fifteen minutes. You there? Uh, there? Yeah, okay, that's a bit better. Oh, maybe step a little bit more to the right, to the left. Oh, just losing you a little bit. How is that? That's a bit better. Yeah, a little bit better. You were fine before. I don't know where you were, but... I haven't moved. <laughs> it's a satellite. It's the cheap the cheap mobile plan that you're on there, Jack. <laughs> Sorry? Is that rubbish, is it? No, you're a bit better there. I don't know what you've done there. I'm just... Uh, you're just dropping in and out there. Um, I'm in the same place. Okay. Left. Okay, we'll get back to... So, um, who is probably... I think this is an important one for coaches to, to identify a mentor, someone that you can bounce ideas off. Have you have you had some mentors along the way and are there people that you bounce ideas off now? Oh, absolutely. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Yeah, so... Biggest mentor that I've had um, would be a guy back in England who I still speak to now. So he signed me at 16 to mm-hmm. Cambridge and was just an unbelievable mentor, role model, support mechanism on the pitch and, and off the pitch. Yep. And there's no doubt that a um, good mentor just lets your mentor be better than make mistakes. You're not there to stop things happening wrong mm-hmm. the correction when they do I think that's one of the things I would say I started so yeah mentors are huge um, I actually had an interesting discussion with someone about mentoring last year who's the boys school in New Zealand and sometimes you actually chosen as the mentor mm-hmm. because it's quite a refined um, role uh, it can get blurred at times. Yep. Um, especially in different environments like a school. Uh, you know, how close do you, should you get, can you get, are you allowed, to, you know, in terms of yeah. feedback and advice? Yeah, no, I understand. Um, but a lot of the time, yeah, kids chosen you as a mentor and you maybe don't know until the end of the season and he gives you a card and a box of chocolates and says, thanks, you know, thanks for everything you've done for me. And you go, wow, that's, that's pretty huge. I didn't even realise so. Yeah, mentors are huge, and coaches, if they spend an hour a day or an hour a week with 
um, with their kids in the session would would need to be aware that, that they are mentors and how they can themselves for sure. Yep. And, and that might be a better term sometimes. You're a mentor rather than a coach. I mean, um, you know, we could have a we could have a long conversation about the differences there, but but I think mentor, but even as a coach yourself, to have someone that you can personally turn to and ask for some advice and just bounce some ideas off. Um, because that, that'll help you as a coach to get better and um, don't be afraid to, you know, receive some feedback and open yourself to feedback. Yeah, I think I think if you can have someone that you can just have a call with, I don't actually coach alongside anyone at the moment. So since starting Believe Academy, um, just the sole coach yep. of all our all our age groups. But there's certain people that I'll pick the phone up to uh, to just say, hey, this happened today. Has this happened to you? Or just just explain what you think you, you you were expecting but didn't go right or say, look, it went really well. Try this. There's people that I ring and say, just come up with a really good session. Give this a go. The kids will love it. And I think um, sometimes with people, there's a tendency to hide their best things from others because they don't want to share. Mm-hmm. And I think at the end of the day, you're only sharing it with other kids. So if that coach looks great and gets all the plaudits, fine. But you, you've shared it with with him to share it with the, with another kid, another group of kids. So share, 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 share away. Um, I usually every year send out an email on my Twitter or on Facebook to just say, if anyone wants any session plans that I've come up with, email me and I'll just send them you. Yeah. And I'm not going to put my logo all over them. I'll send it you in PowerPoint. You can take my logo off and put your logo on. Really couldn't care less. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know? I'm with you there. I, I can't stand um, coaches that are, that don't share information. And, and like, like you said, um, Pep Guardiola sort of said, you know, best coaches are the best thieves. No one, no one comes up with a new idea. The, the game's been going for too long, both soccer yeah. or any game. They've been going for way too long. Um, and if you are coming up with new ideas, you're, you're lying because you're just moving so far away, pardon me, from the game. Yeah, or you're doing it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. You, you, and that's, that's, some, that's an area that I've, I've gone down that road is you're coming up with things for the sake of being creative, for the sake of for the sake of a new way of saying the same thing and and often you can you can um you can build a rod for your own back with that that principle because kids expect something different every single session yeah uh so there's this wow factor which looks nice on the surface a bit like food but there's actually no nutritional content in there for them to take away so just be wary with simplicity sometimes is bliss and um you don't have to make things look too fancy with too much equipment or too many rules or too many zones or too many whatever yeah. just to just to just to get some wow factor it's 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 not it's not always the best way exactly i've always thought that the um uh, there's a lot of rules and regulations and things that come in to appease adults rather than than the kids that are playing and we're, we're talking about junior sport here obviously and um, yeah. the best games will always happen if you just put the equipment there and walk away the kids will work it out and they'll play a fantastic day they'll have a great day yeah, I mean, it, it, that's something you can do is just say, here's, um, here's the goals, on, you put the goals where you want them, and here's the pitch, what shape and size you want it, and when you're ready, tell each other the rules or how you use the boundary and the goals, and, and, I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll just observe. And and that, that that's one way of doing it, but just letting the, the players, the athletes, finish session, but then we're going to do this, and if you can it, Stick. Yep. Okay, you've broken up there. I don't know what's happened there. 
Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Okay. So what we might do, just finish off here with um, speed round, which is uh, something I like to do with my guests. So five questions, quick as we can, and you've got to answer them as quick as we can. Right. Okay. Okay. So most famous person you've met? David Beckham. David Beckham. Okay. That's a good one. <laughs> um, this might be an easy one, but it'd be interesting to see what your answer is. What is your favorite sport? Football. Okay, it is football. Okay, just checking, just checking. <laughs> closely, closely followed by rugby, which I played at a very, very decent level till I was 13. Um, very closely followed by rugby. Okay, so that that's why. Because I thought just because you work in a sport doesn't mean it's necessarily your favourite. Um, no. What's your favourite sporting moment? Uh, probably my first professional goal back in England, uh, which was my actually one of my – the last home game of the season for Cambridge United, so – that's that's what we sort of dream about, whether it's in, 50, in front of 50,000 people or 5,000 people. Was it a worldie? Uh, it was outside the box. It was from a corner. Jamie Vardy was actually that day. So that's how long ago it was. Um, and we beat them 2-1. And I was playing left wing. He was playing right wing. I was 18. And he'd just been sold to Leicester that year from Fleetwood. So. <laughs> and so every year, does this the, the distance get further and further away from goal that you scored that goal from? Uh, well, I've scored a few from the halfway line this season. <laughs> you show <laughs> off. But that, but, but that goal that goal's always been just outside the box. It was almost cleared off the line, so the fans weren't sure if it went in or not, which kind of took the, the big cheer away, but <laughs> I'm claiming it anyway. So, that, yeah, that, that was my best moment, mate, that's for sure. Okay. Um, your Premiership winners and Champions League winners this coming season? Uh, that's a tough one, especially with the Premier League. Um, I will. I'm a Man United fan, as are you. Yep. So and it won't be agree us. With me that it won't <laughs> be them. No, it won't be them. Uh, I can probably see Man City winning it. Oh Jesus! And the Champions League? Yeah. Um, got a got a British team, or are we going to go European? I could actually. I actually half fancy Man United to win that. This year, had a had a fantastic game during the week, five nil. That's that's yeah, huge banking. I kind of fancy them in Europe, so. Well, that that'd I'll be see. that'd be something, that'd be something. Yeah, that ask me in April when we're out of all competitions <laughs> and fifth in the league. Don't bring this interview back up. But other than that, oh yeah. dear. And um, last one, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yes, I actually had a, a pork pineapple and jalapeno pizza on Friday night, so yes. There you go. <laughs> okay. All right, um, Jack, it's been fantastic having you on the show this morning. Hope you've enjoyed it, and um, I hope to get you back on again because I, um, I just think it's an important part that we can, an important role we can have with our uh, coaches out there, um, somewhere to just talk coaching and, and see where it goes. So thanks a lot for being on the show today. No, I really, really appreciate you thinking, thinking about having me on. Um, I'll try and get somewhere where the signal's a little bit better next time. <laughs> um, but no, anytime you want to, want if there's something that you specifically want to talk about or just open slather like today's been, that's fantastic. But no, really appreciate it. And um, all the best with what you're doing. And yeah, I'll see you soon. Okay, and good luck Thanks with Believe lot. Academy. So Believe Academy, look them up online. If you want some football coaching, um, Believe Academy, look them up. Thanks. Thanks, Arezio. No worries. Thanks for that. That was Jack Eads there, um, fantastic coach, friend of the show now, and we'll get him back on board to talk coaching there. Hopefully you got some uh, inspiring tips and stuff there to help your coaching journey along. Please feel free to contact us on the show, either live at inspireradio.org.au or contact me through 
my Facebook page here, Talking Sport with Eratio. Um, and if there's any topics in particular you want to talk about, please let me know and I'll um, I'll do my best to help you along. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in coaching and I think that if we get this right, we can really get sport up and about. Okay, we're going to move to another song now. It's now ooh, 9.39 here on a Sunday morning, a very wet Sunday morning, but don't let that stop you. Get down to Bunnings at Port Kennedy, support Inspire Radio, meet the team, grab yourself a hot dog. Barnings, Port Kennedy, you'll see me after 12 o'clock down there. But here we go with another song, an old favourite of everybody's here, Sing Along, American Pie by Don McLean. For the community, Inspire Radio. 